Welcome back. I'm Simi Lerner, and this is the Judaism From Within podcast, where we work through the ideas and perspectives of Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch. We're working our way through Chorev, analyzing the mitzvahs, commandments, the laws in the Torah, and how they all feed towards the ultimate sort of end of what Judaism's goal in the world is. We went through the Torahs, the Eidos, the Mishpotim. And we're towards the end of Mishpotim now. Those laws that you just know, but are mandated at the same time. You know by dint of being human. You know not to steal. You know not to kill. What we're dealing with now, towards the end of this category of commandments, is the most subtle ones. We dealt last week, last week, two weeks ago, with hypocrisy and flattery. You can see how the, it's moved from the obvious to the more subtle. Now we're dealing with vexing, oppressing, restricting. You're not hitting someone, but you're engaging in an injustice. You know injustice is taking place. This is loisane. Do not oppress the orphan, the widow, the stranger. This oppression, how does Rav Hirsch develop it? For Rav Hirsch, often it's worth focusing on the map of our discussion. We're going to talk about two categories. We're going to talk about the idea of vexing, and vexing is a good word because it means to trouble, to, to disturb. The other one is to restrict or oppress. When you oppress something, you narrow its movement. Now, this can take place either by raw power or by manipulation, by words. And it's not always so clear when it's happening. But when we know it's happening, we can see a clear injustice. And talking about the mechanisms in which underline this uh, principle of oppression, I think we can bring out a, a, a valuable perspective on what we should be moving away from and when we see it to be able to call it out. Rav Hirsch ends with this point, but I want to begin with it. He points out that we can often think that physical oppression is the worst, and in some ways it's really bad. But when you take something away from someone, or you don't let them go somewhere, that is abuse, and that is oppression. But words should not be underestimated. Rav Hirsch points out that the Torah takes extra steps for us to be sensitive towards the stranger, the child of God who has no one to stand for him. Sukim say God will not ignore their cries. Now, why is, why is it focused on the widow, the, the orphan, the stranger? Because they are the most vulnerable. And that vulnerability doesn't only come out in the physical, material world. It comes out in the emotional. And Rav Hirsch points out that when it comes to words, it has the ability to really cut to the core of one's soul. And this cutting, or as he describes it, the crushing of the flower of someone's soul through your words can sometimes not be undone. And in our day and age, we know this to be true. Emotional damage, emotional manipulation, in some ways can be far darker and insidious than simple physical. Because one clearly can be healed, the other one, it isn't so clear. So that's worth pointing out at the start, something that Rav Hirsch emphasizes at the end, but I think that can paint the rest of the discussion. So Rav Hirsch really puts it into two categories. We have the restricting, and we have the vexing, we have the, and the, the oppression. And what I really do appreciate when it comes to Rav Hirsch's sensitivity to language, he creates a bit of a story when it comes to language. So when a word is used, we see the meaning embedded within the word. 
in, for example, when it comes to ro'eh, to see, he connects it to the word yira, to fear. And it's one of those things that what do those two ideas have to do with each other? He says, well, when you see something in the physical, that's to see something, ra'eh, it appears to you visually before your perception. But on the intellectual or the abstract or the emotional level, when you fear someone, that same principle carries over. When you fear another, it means they appear before the, your mind's eye and you act differently. Thereby, you can understand the concept of yiras Hashem isn't that he's going to hit you. It means that you can draw God to mind and thereby act differently because of it. Now, that's the word ro'eh, to see. The word tane, which is the word to oppress, refers relates to two related concepts. The root of that word is yana, but the related words that he sees embedded in it is kana, which is to humble, to draw down, and kona, which is to acquire. Now, the humbling and the drawing down and the ownership, you have that in oppression. Because what is oppression? Oppression is where you draw someone down through the possession of them. You draw them down. You oppress. You, that's where the word comes from. It's to, to, to move into a position where they are lower. But the kana, the ownership aspect, is also present because you're expressing your dominion over them. That's what it means to oppress. And those who are most vulnerable are the widow, the stranger, and the orphan. Those are the ones who require our love the most. And thereby, the first category, let's call it, the one of restricting or oppressing, Rav says, what does a person do? Well, he looks at the world through the lens of the world is owned by God. Every individual in the world, including yourself, has the right and the ability to live out their freedom and their values and their purposes on this world. And what are you doing? You're restricting them. You're not allowing them to pursue their goals. Rav Hirsch looks at this as being a sort of theft, because the very theft when it comes to property is on the basis of the understanding that there is law that is respected by the divine, you're taking that away, meaning you're standing on the principle of law and you're ignoring it. When a person oppresses another, when they restrict another, they deny that fundamental substrate. They deny the idea that the world belongs to God. And it's just to maybe talk about that idea one more time. If I steal from you, what am I doing? I'm taking away your right to property, meaning I recognize this property because I want it, and I take it away from you, and I disregard that principle of law. But to oppress someone, you're digging deeper. You're, you're corrupting that very deep substrate of law, which is that people have the right to exist in freedom. To oppress another person means you spit at that most fundamental idea. That aspect of theft is, is, is far deeper. And that's what Rafash sees on the person who oppresses another. So moving on to vexing, I like the word vexing because it means to shake, it means to trouble. Because that's the other aspect of oppression. Rafash phrases it like this, I let you get on with your life, but I make it miserable. I let you get on with your life. You can buy things, you can do things, you can pursue your goals, but I make it my business to make your life miserable. That is another form of oppression and vexation. And Rav Hirsch sees this as another form of theft. You steal his happiness, you steal his joy that he is supposed to drive from life. You are not a blessing to the world, you are a curse. He's able to exist, but he exists in misery because of you. You have, and both these principles fall under the idea that 
There is power that you have, be it verbal, emotional, physical, and a gain you want. And together, you draw those two concepts together and you live it out on your fellow. That is what the Torah is talking about when it says Hashem will not forget. Hashem will not not listen to the cries of the ones you oppress. It's because you're taking the vulnerable and you're ignoring God in the world. You're digging very deep and you're disregarding the most fundamental principles of Judaism. That people have a right to exist, to live out their goals, to pursue their goals. And you're taking that away from them or you're making it miserable. So those are the first two. The first two expressions of oppression that a person can live out in the world. On to the most vulnerable. And it's not only the stranger, because he's a stranger in your land, and the tyrant draws us back to that you were slaves in Egypt. You were strangers in Egypt. You know what it's like. And this really does draw it full circle in a way to the idea of mishpatim, are all based off the idea that you know what it means. You know what it means to be oppressed, but in every other area of Mishpatim, you know what it means to be human. So you, when we get to Chukim, which will be in a few weeks' time, that's going to be trickier because it doesn't have that same intuitive kick. But Mishpatim do. It's not only the stranger, the widow who has lost a husband, the orphan who has lost a father. It is the poor. It is anybody who is missing something that gives them stability. And you oppress, you vex, that is what this week's commandment is warning us against. And the question, why? It's not so much why when it comes to Mishpatim. It's to be able to articulate the categories. The categories of what is going wrong. And we see theft on two levels. One, ripping up that most basic substrate of legal concept. That God owns reality. That everything, Hashem is in possession of the world. And he lets people live out their life in freedom. And you deny that or you steal their joy. So, I hope you all have a lovely week. As always, thank you so much for taking the time and listening. I hope you are all safe and well. And any questions, please be in touch. And yeah, to the success of our soldiers, both in the South and the North, as well within Eretz Yisrael, to the people in Chutzaretz who are also suffering from fear and oppression, and uh, to the release of the hostages. I wish you all a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos.